Yes, people, it's episode oh, 86 of Griff's Bread Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. Uh, I'm, hang- I'm hanging. I'm hanging really badly, but I'm going to power through this. Why am I hanging? Because I'm a moron and I overdrank and I was excited. I was at my friend's wedding and it's what happens. Okay, You get to a wedding, they give you drink and then you drink it all. You drink all the drinks. And that's exactly what I did. And now being a typical human not very good at placing myself in the future knowing that i would feel dreadful the next day i was like ah now live for the moment this is fun being this drunk nothing ever bad comes from being this drunk then the next morning face down in the mattress (sighs) absolutely crippled and bruised from the booze but um no but it's a great wedding absolutely fantastic wedding and um like i said they're two good looking people man really annoying really annoyingly good looking um and they're both athletes like proper athletes like european champions and olympic finalists athletes so their kid oh god Joking about breakfast, the UK Athletics must be just hovering around. What? Them two got married, did they? <sighs> Let's get their kids in some spikes. Get them rutted. So they need to do. But hey, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, started off in a church, which I was almost late for. Uh, almost late for church. I stayed at this really nice hotel, greeted me with a glass of Prosecco. Lovely. And I was like, oh, do you have any cab numbers? Need to get here. So, oh, do I just put the cab for you? So, oh, yeah, brilliant. Please do. Fantastic. Gave the guy the postcode, the wedding invite, the postcode. Church said, yeah, I need to go there. I'm starting Cheltenham. So, gave him a little postcode. And he goes, all right, cool. Orders for you. Two o'clock, it's coming. Like, brilliant. As I'm sipping my Prosecco, walk around the grounds of the hotel, treating it like it's my house. That's what I do when I go to hotels. Just imagine it was my house. Anyway, cab comes. Get in. It's two o'clock. I need to get there before two thirty. That's when the service starts. I'm fifteen minutes away. I've done the Google Map search. It's all right. So loads of time. Get uh get in the cab. Cab pulls out of the hotel. Turns right. And I'm like, wait, it was meant to turn left. Now we're just driving along for a good thirty seconds to a minute. And it is my arrogance slash confidence. I think they're on the same scale on the same spectrum um has been something that's caused me problems in my life but in this moment it saves me because not many people would go to a new city get into a cab not knowing where they're going and tell the cab driver mate i think you're going the wrong way right he's like what but where where do you want to go to st mary's church right i was like yeah not that postcode where's that so I gave him the postcode. Said, yeah, yeah, no, we are going the wrong way. I said, yeah, we are. So I was almost late, but I got there in time. Great. Got into church, Church of England, not a Catholic one, because, boy, Catholic, no offence, yeah. <laughs> but Catholic services are over long. And it's still all the same bars. I see, it's like going to see an artist perform the same album, the same tracks, same set list. Every time. Everyone knows all the words. And I don't. I'm just saying that. What? What's going on? It's the Church of England one. And so service. 
long, longer than like a civil ceremony, but not as long as the Catholic one. The Catholic one is like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's like wireless festival. It's long. Three days, it feels. But one thing I found funny being in the Church of England service is this, right? There was, they picked three hymns. And I'll tell you what. Songs are very hard to sing when you don't know the melody. When you don't know the words, that's fine because you've got the words in front of you. When you don't know the melody, brilliant. And it's hilarious because you can hear people growing in confidence because all the hymns seem to have four verses, right? So the first verse is all... And so like, it'd just be a weird thing. Like a word has one syllable, be stretched out over three. And one has three syllables, we just smashed into one because that's just how the hymns sag. So by like the third verse, it's the same rhythm. You're like, you know what? No, I know how this goes now. I'm on line three. I'm going to drag out that second word and then get into the second part of that. And then so by the fourth verse, you're super confident. It's like you wrote the song yourself. Okay, yeah, you know exactly how it goes. And then that's when the whole melody changes. You're singing full gusto. And nope, they just fully change that. That's not how the song goes now. So, ah, shit. Thought I understood. You don't. But with these hymns, though, do you have to have hymns in the church ceremony? I want to know. Church people, message me. Can you not just have, like, just some 90s R&B? Just pick some absolute chart bangers. A little bit of Jagged Edge, a little bit of Usher. A bit of Spice Girl. Two come one. Everyone in the church needs some love like I never needed love before. Gotta make love to you, baby. Maybe maybe not sing about lovemaking in the church. I mean, I'm not a Christian, but even I feel that might be a tad inappropriate to do such a thing. And, you know, praying as well. That's another one. When everyone prays at the same time, it's uh, something, something, uh, what's the word? Scary. <laughs> something scary about everyone praying at the same time. Because it, it gets all echoey and it feels a bit chanty. feels a bit mystical. You know, the Lord's Prayer. Where does it go? Our Father. And everyone's just saying it at the same time. Our Father, who art thou in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It's like, whoa. Whoa. You just expect like a purple swirl of smoke to just burst through the middle of the church. It's like summoning something. That's what it feels like. It's like, ugh. It's weird. I'm not sure if that's actually like a psychological thing of, you know, associating prayer with some, with other worlds. Because you're talking to a god, right? Is it that that makes it a bit weird? You know, and that's because my upbringing. So even though I don't believe in it now, it's still a bit weird for me. It has a kind of effect when I hear people praying. Or... Is it just to do with like the resonance of the sound? Because if people were just singing a song, though, it's just like, yeah, it's, can't, it's, it's got to be something to do with the resonance of the sound. Because when you go to like a presentation, you know, and someone goes, repeat after me. I, I, will not, will not. It's just like, ah, nah, it's just, it feels, feels strange. So, um, but what else has happened at the wedding as well? Um, no, it's just, it's just a real fun ceremony. Well, I will I admit, I was counting the pages, though. 
you know, you're, you're reading all the headline things, like first hymns. All right, we just sang that. What are we doing now? So, oh, Vickers talking for a while. Must be on the second page now. Oh, no, this is the declaration. What? So what's happening now? Then a reading. This guy hasn't done his reading yet. The vicar's still talking. Oh, God, wait, we're still on the first page. Oh, no. So I was kind of just, you know, reading through the pages. Getting excited for the hymns. Seeing if I could learn the song within, you know, before the second verse. But, yeah. Then, you know, went to the reception. And if you know me, you know I don't eat red meat. Uh, Stopped eating red meat last year. Um, Summer last year. Then I went to a barbecue, like, three weeks into it. Thought, ah, you know. It's not religious reasons, I'm not eating red meat, I'll just eat it. Ate the red meat and I felt flipping dreadful for the next few days, like vomiting. Felt like vomiting. My body was just like, nah mate, we don't process this. Anyway, we get to the reception. Oh, there's a lamb. There's a lambs, there's lambs. Alright, lambs, from from the field. There's, there's live animals, livestock, and then there's dead stock getting cooked and it smells wonderful kind of rude cooking it in front of the sheep that are alive <laughs> that was a bit harsh sheep they're like have you seen Gary no haven't seen him in ages look across the field is that Gary no you you ain't my friend ah <laughs> oh, dear it, it is kind of rude, but you know, they're just sheep, they don't have any feelings. So, I mean, they don't, they, I mean, they're a bit vain and they get a haircut all the time. I mean, but yeah, they have any feelings. So, don't worry about it. But, um, no, I had that, it was cooking, it was, it was on an open fire, the lamb was rotating. So, it came to the meal now. Uh, I obviously put my dietary requirements in that I don't eat red meat. I was like, okay, so what's everyone else having? Well, first there's going to be lamb, and then having beef ribs after. I was like, oh, God. And I just had an empty space. So I was like, to make them know that I wasn't eating red meat. So everyone else had their plates there. So, um, yeah, my plate came. I had a bowl of tomatoes, aubergine, courgette, onion, I was like, what the fuck is this? I said I don't eat red meat. Didn't say I was vegan. Just chuck me a piece of chicken or something. He was like some something from Iceland. Bang out the freezer. Put it in the oven for a bit. Never mind. I was eating jerk rice at that point. Now, the lamb comes down. It's on just like a platter, just there, all chopped up, all tender, all fresh. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't, I don't eat red meat, though. And I was like, do what? I have no reason not to eat red meat. Give me some of that bloody lab. I ate it, and my word, it was delicious. And I feel great. I feel stronger for it. I mean, I've been pooing a lot. But <laughs> I feel great for it. But it's all good. That's enough about wedding. Wedding's great. Um... Be a bit of a bitch. Saw a man in jeans at the wedding. I was like, oh, wearing jeans at a wedding. Who would do that? But it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I, I'm not judging. But what's up this week? This week. Oh, see, because I recorded on Friday last week before I went to Sweden, which was great. 
she loved it. She didn't have a clue. Even when we was in the queue to get on the plane to Gothenburg, she where we entered the queue, she couldn't see the board. So she still didn't know where he's going. Then she walked around the front, had enough of this. She's like, she can't stand surprises. She marches out the queue. So it's not fun anymore. I need to know, Darren. I was like, fine. She looks at the screen, comes back, and she goes, I, I don't know where Gothenburg is. <laughs> we could have got all the way there. She would have known. She wouldn't have known where we were. She said that she would have assumed she was in Germany and only would have questioned not being in Germany when she started seeing adverts. Because she can speak, she did German at school, she can speak a bit of German. So she would have seen adverts, seen billboards, and been like, what is that? I don't recognise that letter. So, um, yeah, well, we had a great time. Tell you what, Sweden is expensive. Oh, cheers, all the guys who uh, gave me the heads up. Flipping expensive, mate. Like £9. £9, £10 for a beer. So, yeah, that, that curved my drinking. Tell you that. But, um, yeah, but I could have recorded on the Friday. That's why I came back to old Serena Williams foray. And, uh, for Raw, for Rory, for Rory, for Rory. I feel like it's gone now. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I don't have any individual hot take. If you kind of want my view, it was pretty, It was summed up by Wahala on uh, on ESN. That's exactly my view. That two things can be right, you know. So the, because the umpire was right, doesn't mean that Serena made up sexism and racism in her career. She's experienced that. She is unfairly discriminated against. And the umpire's rights. And the umpire did his job. Doesn't mean the umpire's a dickhead. You get so many of these Serena fans who don't even watch tennis. Just because it's Serena. Just go, ah, oh, everyone hates her. So, don't mean everyone hates her. She gets some unfair treatment. But, you know, this particular umpire, he's doing his job. Who the fuck is he? Who does he think he is? He's a nobody. You know, he's been umpiring since the mid-90s. And he's one of the most respected umpires in the game, apparently. This... And he's had a similar run with loads of other other tennis players. Points deduction. He's followed the rules. That's it. That is it. But um, one thing, though, I've noticed is Serena has not won a thing since becoming a mum. Do you think it's too much pressure being a mum and trying to be, you know, the greatest athlete of all time? Being a mum's a lot. Being a mum is a full-time job. There's no job harder than being a mother. All right. There's no job harder than being a mother. And so, you know, maybe that's a new challenge. You can't, you can't grand, you can't win grand slams for being a mum. So she's probably working very hard being a mum and that. Where's her husband? Well. You always got um. That's when that's when you know uh, what's whether someone's right or not. How much their friends vouch for them. You know. You you. You, you go a bit. Oh, I don't want to use the. That she did lose a bit of control. She lost composure. When you lose a bit of composure on the court. You know, and you're going at someone. If you're in the right, your team comes out and goes, "Yeah, we're backing her." But it was pretty silent from her team. And even her coach said, yeah, I coached her. That's all right. Conversation over. But some people, you know, it doesn't matter what they've done. 
If their friends, you, if they back you, your friends will come out. Look at the guy from JLS, Arishe. Got cute, got charged with rape. His JLS boy band mates were just there straight on social media going, hey, he's a brother. He's my brother. And we back him. Because he said that he didn't do it. So they're like, yeah, we support him. That's what happens. Doesn't matter if you... If, if the thing, it doesn't matter how heinous the thing is. If your friends back you and they believe you, they'll back you publicly. So that's so that's why I was a bit like, man, yeah, Serena must have must have done something wrong here. Then I read into it. But yeah, talk about JLS dude though. He's uh, that's wild rape charge, man. And not 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 to trivialise it, but his music's not good enough to be raping. Um, you can't be out here raping. So it's either he didn't do it. Or he thinks his music's really good and got gas and I thought he could be raping people. Now, I'm not saying you're allowed to rape because you make good music. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the way society seems to work, apparently, is if you're really good at your art and craft, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Louis C.K. wanks in front of women, makes work a very uncomfortable place for them. Do what? He just takes nine months off, comes back. What? What the fuck's this? You can't just come back. But he's such a great comedian. So, you know, you just got to separate the man from the art. Okay? You got to separate the art from the artist. Okay? Fair enough. Hey, that bloke over there, what? He's got kids sleeping in his bed. So, yeah, he's fucking weird. He's like, hey, this, that's not he. Can't have that. That's not on, mate. Oi, get that kid out of your bed. You flipping nods. And then it's like, um,. That guy, he, he made Thriller and Bad. He's, that's Michael Jackson. Oh, I mean, it's just his upbringing. In such a hard upbringing, I, I think he still feels like he's a kid. Like he was hit by his dad. Listen, if Michael Jackson made shit music, no one would be giving a fuck about his dad hitting him with a belt. Whether your dad hit you in the belt, punched you in the face, or even put you in the oven. Listen, you can't have kids in your bed who you're not related to. I don't even think Michael Jackson did anything with his kids. But to say it's... Just try to sweep it under the rug like it's normal behaviour because he had a tough upbringing. Piss off. Oh, Kelly. Another one. Feeling on your booty. Don't care if you're 14. I'm going to touch your booty. You can't do that, mate. That's a child. Get off her. And then he just starts playing Remix to Ignition. We start stepping in the name of love. And there you go, he just gets away with it. He's been accused by his, uh, of uh, impregnating his cousin, 14-year-old cousin. Apparently she used to just be in the room with him and everyone else was just like, yeah, it's Robert. How? Oh. That's the only thing I can see is that it's, it's, it's guys who's just celebrities who, who are really good at their art just kind of think, you know, I could just take the piss and just do whatever the fuck I want. And you can't, alright? You can't. I mean, be good at your art, but try, just don't abuse your power, it? Jeez. Is it that hard not to abuse your power? I don't know. I don't know, some people. I've never had power, though. I mean, I don't think I'd start raping if I had power. Not at all. Um, but... Just maybe, maybe just corrupt people. Maybe if you just get so used to people just saying yes and doing what you want. Yeah, if no one checks you from when you when you, when you first do it and you do it again, then you do it again, then it just becomes a part of your life. And then dating fourteen year olds or having kids sleep over 
of getting your knob out and wanking in front of people just becomes like part of the day. Now it's three o'clock. What? I haven't wanked in front of someone yet. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I, it's hard to get in the mind of uh, of of deviants. It's probably not the place to be. It's not my job, so I'm not going to do it. Um, what else happened this week in the news? Uh, nothing really. Nothing really has happened in the news. So, I mean, they haven't really followed much news. I saw Boris Johnson down in the affair, then I realised I don't care. The only question I had is who would sleep with a Boris? So, you know, that's... That's the only thing I could think about. That Chukwai Muna saying that, you know, the Labour Party is racist. Uh, it's as racist as the police used to be. I was like, Jesus Christ, mate, get the fuck out of here. Have you? I've never seen a a clearer attempt to position yourself to take someone else's job. It's ridiculous. He undermined it all by saying the police aren't racist. It's like, oh, mate. Like this, your whole interview is a mess. So that guy, that's happened. Nikki and Cardi. Uh, again, I don't care. Um, I think they should have a scrap. Um, I'm not sexist, so I don't think women shouldn't fight. I think everyone should just have a. If you've got a problem and you, and, it, and it's dragging on for too long, just have a fight. If you're equal in size and weight, which I think those two roughly are, just have a scrap. But I don't think Nikki. I don't think either of them want to risk damaging their teeth. They've both got really fresh teeth, fresh out of the box teeth. So, um, but I like to see them scrap. So I'm not a sexist. I want them. To, I want women to have fights if they've got a problem. But I am a bit of a sexist because I want them to have flimsy clothes when they fight. Yep, yeah, that was inappropriate. But that that is the podcast. That, that's how it goes. Sometimes it goes left. But um, oh, actually, I'll tell you one thing that's pissed me off. This, this week really pissed me off. I was running for the train, and this dude, right? We slag off fat people in society, but we don't slag off hench people enough because they take up just as much room, if not more. Fucking wide back, wide shoulder dude, hench for no fucking reason. Can't even stand on the right of the escalator because he is, he has to stand in the middle because he's that hench. There is no standing on the right. I can see my train now and I can't get past him. He's got these noise counselling headphones on. Tapping him on the back, he doesn't feel anything because his back is so far away from his nervous system because of his flipping back muscles are that huge. So, oh, get the fuck out of the way. All week, hench people have been pissing me off. Sat down on the train. Hench guy sits down after me trying to take the whole armrest. It's like, mate, I didn't tell you to get so big that you can't operate in society. Fuck off. It's my armrest. I was here first. Change your position. He didn't, he didn't even try to, like... He just he didn't even try to move my arm. He just tried to put his arm there. Like, my arm didn't exist. So I moving my arm. Then he kind of, like... He kept on looking down at my arm. As if to say, why isn't this thing moving? Because it's attached to a human being. You fucking buttock. Yeah, I've said enough of these hench people. Just take up. If you're going to be hench, try to. You need to fit into the world, all right? Don't get on public transport and take up two seats with your hench self. 
Like no one told you to bang that many weights. Drive if you've got to be that big. You're too big for public. So oh, I can't stand it. Can't stand it. And touching on that, fucking protein. In, can we stop putting protein in chocolate now, please? Like, if you want to eat well, flipping eat well. Stop trying to. I don't think protein's become a branding thing. And, oh, oh, and gym goers do it as well. They see what you're eating. Like, do what? I, other day I was eating breakfast, I had salmon. Yeah? Salmon and eggs. Do what someone said, looking at that. Well, yeah, that's good. Good lot. Get some protein there. Got good lot of protein in that. It's like fuck off. You're ruining my meal. Talking about protein. This has nothing to do with trying to get protein. I like the taste of salmon. I like the taste of eggs. I like them together. Yeah, protein. Well, what's that you're drinking? Yeah. Wow. Look at look at the look at the back. Whoa. It's got it's got four grams of protein. I don't care. I don't care about protein. Stop telling me about protein content in figs. Right? If you want protein, just eat meat. Or nuts. So just stop trying to shoehorn protein into things that don't have protein. Why the hell would I eat a Snickers to get protein? I'm eating a Snickers because I like to taste the Snickers. Right? And I'm addicted to sugar. That's that's why I'm eating it. Because the chocolate wasn't enough. It's got nougat and caramel in. But they go with extra protein. Bounty with extra protein. Mars with extra protein. This is that. Oh, God. Fuck off. Ruining good chocolates with your chunky, overpriced protein bars. Get them out. I only want to see that shit in the Holland and Barrett's. And I don't want it. I don't want it on my shelves. Taking up good shelf space that other chocolates should be, be taken. With your dumb protein. With extra protein. I know. It's, it's just uh, it's just as, as pathetic as people got, buy like low fat stuff. Low fat butter. It's butter. It is literally a tub of fat. But it's low fat. It's low fat butter. It is fat. Do you know to make something low fat, do you know the rule to brand something that's low fat? You just need an alternative product in your product range that has more fat in it. That's right. So if I sell you butter and then I just do, add some shitty chemicals to it just to make the fat content a bit lower and fill it with sugar and salt instead, I can then brand that as low fat. Mmm. Wow, the usual one has like 600 grams of fat in it, but this only has 599. Mmm, low fat. Same as low sugar, same as low salt. It is all bullshit. Now, how do I know this? I was told it when I was at school, uh, when I was like 17. And I've never fact-checked it or verified. <laughs> I've been relaying that fact for 13 years now. And it's just dawned on me that I didn't even sense-check it. Didn't even look it up. My teacher said it. And I was like, sounds reasonable enough. Sounds like some good dinner time chat that I could just drop in. Some knowledge. Knowledge. Anyway. I've got to shoot off, so let me do this Dear Deirdre stuff. Um, and sorry about the noise in the background. I had to put the air conditioning on, otherwise I would have passed out and just vomited on myself. Um, if, <laughs> if if I didn't um, if I didn't put the aircon on. Right, let's get some Dear Deirdre. Um, 
while I'm doing that, shout out Victor Daniels. Um, you ain't seen the videos I've been sharing. He's got a thing called the Victor Daniels Show, sketches. I was in the very first one. He's done the second one with, uh, with A-Dot and White Yardies. He's done a third one with Judy Love. Um, we're working on another one together. He sent me over the script. It is funny, wild, and I don't know where he's getting the budget from. If he hasn't asked me to chip in, and I'm not going to offer, I tell you that right now. Um, but <laughs> but no, it, this sketch is wild. I can't say what is in the sketch because that thing is the plot twist in it. But Jesus Christ, I don't know where he's getting the budget from. But who his backers are. I don't know if it's ISIS or Israel or the Russians. Ah, talk about the Russians. Oh, how funny is that? The flat-out denial. We was just on a holiday. He went to Salisbury for two hours and left. He saw what we needed to see. We thought, nah, fuck it, it's rubbish. Anyway. Here we go, dear Deirdre. Uh, my husband keeps having sex with a bar girl he visits in the Philippines, but we have a little girl together. How do you know this? Hey? Should I let him off the leash once a year to save our marriage? Uh, what is going on? I am from the Philippines and met him while working as a monsieur. Uh-oh. That's the wrong type of mixed race, I've been told. By my friend who is mixed race, I, I, when, you, when I'm talking about half Asian, half European, Eurasian, yeah? You've got the good mix and the bad mix, apparently. The good mix is when the mum is the European and the dad is the Asian. That's the good mix of Eurasian. Um, he found this out from a girl in a toilet. So years ago, we was out on a night out. And he came back and goes, I've been told I'm the good mix. I was like, what's that? Chatting up this girl who's also Eurasian like him. And she goes, ah, well, which one of your parents is Asian? He's like, my dad. And she's like, ah, that's the good mix. So like, well, what do you mean? Why did the other mix be bad if my mum was Asian and my dad was European? Because, because he's probably like 30 years older than her. I probably picked her up. I was like, oh, God, that is a wild accusation. And I had to give all that preamble because I don't want anyone to think that was my accusation. But I can't lie, that has stuck in my head ever since. And I was saying this, I was from the Philippines. What was the age gap between these two? Let's see. I'm from the Philippines. I met him while working as a monsieur at a spa in the UK. Okay, so she was over here. And he was on the ma- he was on the maintenance team. I'm 32. He is 48, 16 years. There you go. Old enough to be a dad. There it is. Mm-mm-mm. Just predicted it. We go back to the Philippines every year for a month. Our daughter and I stay with my parents and he stays in a hotel at a beach resort. Why? Why you not stay together? <laughs> we go on holiday. Way together. Well, we're on the flight together. Well, I mean, I'm in first class. I'm in business. Uh, you're in economy with the daughter. Because we can't, can't all go there, can we? So you sit in economy with, with, uh, with our little girl. Okay, cool. And then when we land, well, I've got you tickets for the train. You take the train um, to your mum's house. So you're not getting on a train with us? No, I've I've got a car picking me up, um, taking me to my beach resort. Okay. So will I be joining you at the beach resort at some point? Probably not, unless you you you've booked. Have you booked a room there? No, I haven't. I thought you were arranging a holiday. All oh, right. Um. Then I guess you're not staying there. Are you gonna come and visit my parents while we're here? No. Pro- probably probably not. Um, what I'm actually going to do, I want to bang the bar girl at the hotel. 
every night. Could you stop? No, no, I can't. Anyway, um, yeah, here we go. There is a room for him at my parents' house, and it means he can relax and have a few beers. There you go. Then back in March, I found he had been messaging women online. He said it was just for a chat, with no emotion or anything sexual. I was heartbroken, but kept telling myself it was okay. We went back to the Philippines at the, um, at the start of last month, but this time I found out the day before that he was spending the month with a bar girl on the coast. She had messaged him on his phone, which I picked up to check our flight times. This was heartache times 10. Mm, not heartache squared, but heartache times 10. If you take the heartache, carry the two, divided by three times by 10, that was my heartache. And I did not know what to do. Don't, don't tell me you smashed up his phone, because that's your evidence. Um, but after I had reached my parents' place and thought for a few days, thought, thought for a few days, not thought, she didn't fight anyone, thought for a few days, um, I messaged him and he, and th that the secret was out. He texted that he was sorry and loved me and he vowed he had now finished with the bar girl. He admitted that he had stayed with her every time we went to Thailand, but swore that he had told her it was over before I found out lies. He's probably got another four-year-old kid with her. What's the younger model? He likes him young and Asian. And you are now 32. He needs to get him younger. Now we're at home though. He has said we would perhaps call it quits before he cannot bear to hurt me again. But cannot stay away from the girl. I cannot decide what to do. I thought about letting him have one month a year with that girl. But I'm not sure I could cope. Then I think about my daughter and how she loves her dad. Apart from his cheating, I love him. He's a very good man. And works hard for us. Well... Here it is. Here's the rule about men cheating on their wives. Um, if if he's rich and he's got you a lovely house and a lovely life, then he's just a good man. <laughs> he's just a good man, isn't it? Shout out to Travis. Shout out to Jared Carmichael. They've both got great bits on that. But he's just a good man. But if if he isn't taking care of you, then he's trash. Yeah. But if he's got a great album, oh, then you just, you just shut up, lady. You just sit there. That cheating is inspiring that music to make those hits and bring that money in for you. All right? You know why I'm out here cheating? I'm out here cheating to make some good music. I need to be inspired, woman. You think having some nice marital sex with you? You making me dinner all the time? Taking care of me, taking care of our daughter? Think that's gonna make me inspire me to make good music? Shit, they're gonna make me make good music. I need these freesomes. I need to be with these bitches. I need this shit. Listen, I got a bitch under the table right now. I'm writing a song. I'm thinking about the melody right now. Oh, here we come, here we come. Here. Oh, yeah. Bitch under the table. And bitch under the table. Bitch, are you able to stay under the table? Because that's like a metaphor to say, don't reveal our relationship. But she needs to stay under the table because she's sucking my dick. Shit, man. Look, look baby, I'm going to have to hang up. I'm going to have to hang up the phone. Uh, we'll talk to you later. I got a few more bitches that says we're going to finish the few, last few tracks of the album. Then we're going to release this shit on Spotify and we're going to be rich, baby. Okay. So, you know. Sometimes that's that's what it might be. All right, next one. Um, 
Booze Monster. I like that because I'm hungover. So let me read Booze Monster. Uh, my boyfriend is mean when he is drunk and threw my jewellery in the canal. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's not funny. You're in an abusive relationship and you should leave. There you go. That, that's, there is. Well, let's read it. Uh, my bo- my boyfriend threw my necklace into the canal during a row. Why is row spelt like row? Why are these cow, bow, row, row? Wow. Whoa. Should be an E. There you go. Row should be spelled with an E. But then it'd be like cod row. Anyway. And it's not the first time he's got mean after drinking too much. We've been together for two years. I'm 23. He's 24. I know he loves me a lot. And he's loving and kind when he's sober. Yeah, so, all right. Tell him to stop drinking then. If you can't handle his booze, then don't drink. He doesn't get mean every time he's drunk. Okay, but every time he gets mean, it's because he's drunk. Okay, that's, that's I, I actually follow that. Last year, he pu- he pushed me across the room after some minor row, um, but he said he was sorry, and I let it go. Then he got drunk last week, and he got in a rage. He snatched the necklace he gave me off my neck and threw it into the water, and then pushed me down to the ground. Yeah, this is horrible. He now promised me that he won't drink at all anymore, but I'm not sure he, he will keep to that. I don't doubt he loves me, but I don't want to sign up to a life of him drinking and arguing with me. Yeah, that's fine. He, he's, got, he's got an issue with alcohol, so you need to take him to Alcoholic Anonymous, all right? As you need to take him. AA, take him to see a counsellor, work out why he's so rageful when he drinks. But I find, right, alcohol just reveals how you're feeling. He just removes that surface layer. That that surface layer that says this is how you be a functional member of society. Drink some alcohol, strip that way. Whatever's bubbling underneath just comes up. The pot on the yeah, the pot on the stove is just there, just bubbling. <laughs> Have a few beers and then. <laughs> I want to have sex with your sister. Whoa! No more drinks for you, Gary. Do you remember what you said last night? No. What did I say? You came onto, came into Claire's sister. Ah, shit. How, how bad was it? Did the other people see? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was in the middle of the dance floor when he did it. Ah, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, mate. It was, it was pretty bad. It was... Uh, I mean, it, it was... It was Claire's sister's wedding as well. I mean, you, you, you pushed her new husband out of the way. You said she had a cracking set. Mate, it was dreadful. It was really bad. Oh, fucking hell, I don't believe you. Here's a video. Oh, shit. Oh, God, I've actually gone to Groper, haven't I? Oh, get out of no. Oh, God, do you know what it was? It wasn't the booze. It wasn't the booze. It's was, it was the fresh air. It's never the booze. It's always something else. My stomach being a bit, bit, bit off. Nothing to do with the cocktails, the beers, the wine, and the gin I drank yesterday. No, no, it's because I had that little morsel of lamb. Oh, the red meat. It's upset my stomach. So, look. So, yeah, whatever's making him angry, he's, he's obviously got some anger going on in his life, so he needs to sort that out, sort out his relationship with alcohol. Um, and that's it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not cool that he's, he's pushing you around, especially pushing you to the ground and snap, snatching your necklace off. No, um, not great. Um, here we go. Betrayed. This one should be good. This last one. I lost my job after my brother stole from the shop where I worked. Do I keep in contact with him? Oh, dear. I lost my job when my big brother stole from the shop where I worked. I don't know what to say. Where is he working? Uh, was he working in, like, Hat and Garden? He stole jewellery? Do you, like, full-on, like... He work at B&Q? Just, like... Is he stealing a fucking shed? 
Um, it's, I, I don't know. I'm 31 uh, and was raised by my mum uh, after she left my dad. Okay, what is this detail? I have two older brothers. We were brought up. Oh, who were brought up by my dad and his parents? That's weird that you saw. Um, yeah, that's weird. You just split the siblings up. Imagine that. I'm taking the kids. Not not that one, though. What? No, not him. He's he's a shit. <laughs> I'm leaving you. I'm taking the kids. Not all of them. Oh, come on, babe, please. Please, if you're going to leave me, take all the kids. No. No, Gary. You're keeping him. You're keeping the shit one. I'm, a, I'm leaving. I'm having a better life, all right? Don't talk to me. Please, just take him as well. Please take him. Leave me the other two and take him. Don't, oh, God, don't leave me with him. Anyway, um, my mum my died three years ago. Okay, that's, well, that's a mood killer. Um, <laughs> then my dad died last year. Fuck, you know. Well, you know, people do die. It's part of life. Anyway, I found a job in his town where my brother still lives so I could get to know them. I went for a drink with my eldest brother, who's now 36. He said he wanted to visit the shop where I worked. Okay. The next day at work, I was shown CCTV of my brother stealing a watch. I knew it'd be a jeweler's or a pawnbroker, innit? Um, I was devastated. I said I'd pay for the £100 watch, but I felt so embarrassed that I quit the job. My brother claimed stealing the watch was an accident. You what? You what, mate? I stole it by accident. Yeah, no, I understand what happened. I walked into the shop, there, yeah, and uh, I saw the watch. Right? No, no, get, no, look, I'm not, I'm not denying I stole it. Once I didn't mean to steal it. Like, I got the watch. And so when the guy weren't looking, yeah, I, I, like, I reached round the counter in, into the metal case. It's like the glass case, right? Reached in and, and pulled out the watch, put it in my pocket, walked out, and I didn't pay. But it was an accident. It's... it's Look, look, you gotta understand. You must have. You, you know, you tell me you never accidentally stole something. Never accidentally stole something that you have to take all these steps to steal it. No? What? Well, come on. Oi. Oi, Tony, you back me up. You you accidentally stole a car once, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. How did you do? Tell me how you accidentally stole a car. Um, well, driver was there, traffic lights. I banged on the glass, said, get the fuck out of the car. Guy's like, you what? Pulled out my gun. It was a fake gun. Then um, dragged him out. Hit him in the face. Drove off with his car. Total accident, mate. Complete accident. See? See, look. It happens, mate. That's how I stole the watch. Sorry. It's an accident, mate. I'm so all I can say is sorry. Because it was an accident. So that's all I have to say, really. Anything more than that, you're, you're making a big fuss with you, baby. Uh, where are we? He said sorry. I feel so let down. Um... Yeah, fuck your brother. He's a he's a kleptomaniac. He's um oh, he may not be a kleptomaniac, but he's a fucking thief. So that so um yeah. Get, oh, sorry, I'll just put my finger on the microphone. Yeah, he's a he's a flipping thief and just get rid of him. Just cancel him. Uh, um yeah, that's it. I was literally just about to drive off and not end the podcast, but I'm ending it now. because uh, it's hot. I'll kinda of post this up on Sunday. 
um, late, well, today. So, yeah, you'll be listening to this the same day I recorded it. So, this is great. Okay, people, um, is there anything else I want to say? Didn't watch the uh, Triple G fight yesterday against Canelo. You heard that Canelo won. The guy failed two drug tests, man. So, fuck that. I just refused to fight him. You know, failing two drug tests, get in the ring with me if you avoided up right hands. Fuck that. But yeah, anyway, that's the end of the podcast. And yeah, cheers. Bye.